Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. Now, if you haven't already, go check out the Lacrosse Alpha Burly Pro. It delivers an athletic and glove like fit that will hold the foot in place to prevent chafing and rubbing while on the move. It's 100% waterproof it comes in a variety of camo patterns comes in a variety of insulation options and it's just an overall great boot so go check out lacrossefootwear.com My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting, the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet, chasing bear. We're in British Columbia, Canada, Canada at... Pacific Bear Outfitters Bear Camp. I've got Devin Jewell, owner of Pacific Bear Outfitters, to my right. We've got a campfire to my left, burning famous Canadian softwood. And it's raining. It's raining on the tarp above us. And we've got a bear, two bears drying in the periphery of the camp. And I've got Daniel Roop, the outlaw preacher, <laughs> directly in front of me. We're drinking camp coffee. We've been sending text messages to our families via the Garmin InReach this afternoon. They should sponsor you. We've Garmin InReach should sponsor us. But they won't. And we're we're waiting on the camp, the soul of the camp, Dave, to return. Uh, the camp cook is gone. He took the bear meat back to about seven hours away. 
back to get the some of the bear meat taken care of. And so we are here. Daniel killed a bear on the second day here in British Columbia. I killed a bear on the third day. Um, and Devin Jewell is... I ain't killed a bear this time. Devin's not killed. He's the only one who hasn't killed a bear. Come on, Devin. This week. This week. <laughs> no, so Devin is a... Devin is a veteran northern big game hunter. He's guided. How many years have you guided in between like? Like 16 years. Okay, 16 years. So you've guided in northern British Columbia. You've guided yep. in, the, in the Northwest Territories. Yeah. Those two places? And here. And, well, this is British Columbia. Yeah. So you've guided in British Columbia and the Northwest Territories. And what species have you guided for? Black bear, grizzly bear, wolf, wolverine, moose, caribou, stone sheep, mountain goat. That's pretty much it. Oh yeah, cougar. Yeah. Okay. So, so Devin has experienced a lot of what I mean, the, kind of the pinnacles of big game hunting. You know, so. Daniel and I are from the south, and like typically, people from the south are going to be whitetail hunters. Number one, they're going to be turkey hunters. Number two, and we're making we're we're making some good bear hunters coming out of the south these days too. But uh, but so like hunting these kind of what are like exotic northern animals. To us, it's pretty cool. And there's lots of guys that are drawing tags and are going on guided hunts for these big animals. But British Columbia is a pretty darn unique place. And so what what species, what is British Columbia known for? Everything. <laughs> what do we got? We got doll sheep, northwest corner, stone sheep, north, mountain goat, the bulk of the... North America's mountain goat populations in British Columbia, 60,000 of them. Uh, Let me stop you right there. So the bulk of North America's mountain goats are in British Columbia. So yeah. the rain... Okay, so uh, we've been learning about mountain goat. We saw a mountain goat yesterday in yeah. British Columbia. And so these goats are living in really specific habitat where basically where extremely rocky, rough terrain that they can navigate and where they can escape predators... Wherever that type of habitat is, that's where they live. Yeah. They don't want to be in the woods. They don't want to be in these alpine pastures like. A, oh yeah, they go to the alpine too. But Not they're going to be. They're only going to be within escape reach of of, of big cliffs. Yeah. Because that's their thing. So they can't outrun anything. anything. <laughs> Like, They're we're pretty quick. sure the outlaw preacher could... He would run them down. He could run I'll down a mountain run. goat. I will run them down. And so that's pretty cool. But they can out-climb... Anything. Anything. Yeah. So they can they can just scale these cliffs that just are unfathomable. Unbelievable. So, 60,000. So, the Coast Mountain Range... Runs through British Columbia from the north, north to the to south. south. So, or south to north, yeah. Then you have the like the Rocky Mountains run south to north the entire province. 
that, that's more on the western side of the, the eastern, eastern side of the yeah. province. So those two run the entire distance. So so British Columbia is partially unique because it has two significant mountain range running the entire length mm-hmm. of the province. Yeah. Okay. Now see the coast mountains. Man, people that name this place really understood geography. They're close to the coast. Mm-hmm. So the Jeez. the coast really? mountains are close to the coast. The coast mountains are going to go from like sea level to, 9, to about 9,000-ish feet. And so we described in, in depth in the other episodes about how, I mean, just everywhere we're looking at these big, huge, snow-covered <coughs> mountains. We are down lower in these like denser, what looks just like thick northwest rainforest type areas with moss Huge trees, lots of logging, lots of logging roads, lots of cut blocks, and but we're looking up into this like these big mountains, and a lot of these mountains have these big rocky shelves at the top. A lot of these mountains have big glaciers at the top, and that's where these mountain goats live. Yes. And as a BC resident, like how can you hunt a mountain goat? Uh, well, some areas are lottery and some are just open, but you're allowed one a year, like over the counter. So, so over the res- as a resident of BC, you can go buy a, pre- a, a, a tag that you're going to have a decent chance of actually killing a mountain goat? Oh, yeah, you get one every year, as long as you're a climber. <laughs> as long as you're a climber. Yep. So the challenge in hunting them is just, it's not hard to find them. Not generally, no. I mean, you got to get to where they live, but that's, climbing is important for sure but yeah they're not hard to spot there's good populations of them yeah yeah so the challenge is what when you're hunting a mountain goat just hiking for that's most people's challenge and well what about finding a goat that you can shoot that you can also retrieve uh yeah you're gonna you might have to look at a few but i mean for the most part if you're in an area with a good population you're gonna see a, a number of goats and then really it's just getting to them getting to a shooting position yeah. Now, what was it the other day when we were up on that ridge, and you said sometimes if you shoot a goat on a ridge like this, it'll just launch, yeah, launch out. Yeah, when you're like if they if you hit them, they have a tendency to just they head for that scary terrain and they die halfway there and mm. over they go. Uh, Meet you at the bottom. You also told us that for those of us who are not residents of a province or state where mountain goat hunting is something that we have access to in terms of guided hunts a mountain goat hunt is one of the cheaper of the 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 mountain game yeah for sure yeah so you could you could get into a mountain goat hunt for eight to ten grand i think eight to eight to twelve for sure eight i think eleven would be a fairly common price nowadays Yeah. yeah yeah and uh just for clarity, too, Pacific Bear Outfitters guides for black bear and mountain lion. Yeah. Devin's not guiding for the, the big mountain game. Devin is, is working for some other outfitters yeah. doing that, just for clarity. But so, but you get to experience, tell me what you told me, like you get to experience all the same things that like a yeah, doll sheep or stone yeah, sheep hunter. Yeah, it's a similar hunt to like a sheep hunt, but more. It'll have a higher success rate, and but you're doing the same, the same concepts, the same, you know, high mountain trekking and all that stuff that 
sheep hunting is well known for, but it's a much more available hunt for sure. And you're going to have a higher success rate because they're just a more stationary animal. Right. And personally, I just like the way mountain goats look. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think they're a spectacular animal. I think if a if a if if sheep didn't have the kind of the reputation, the the iconry that they have, that they would uh, that a goat. Like if you were just to take someone that didn't know anything and you put a mountain goat and a sheep side by side, I think a fair percentage of people would say. We picked the mountain goat as a beautiful, majestic, awesome animal that they'd like to hunt. So, I mean, that, that but the sheep kind of, because of their scarcity, yeah. and because they do have majestic antlers, oh, no doubt. And they live in majestic places. They're a spectacular animal. But, I mean, the mountain goat's kind of the same way. But mountain goat isn't nearly as expensive. and It's a very similar experience overall to hunt. Right, yeah. right. Dan Roop has uh, just soaked the fire, and so you're hearing lots of popping and crackling. <laughs> so, so that's that's mountain goat. Now, see, I didn't realize that British Columbia had the most mountain goats of any province or state. That's really interesting. So, what other what other big game opportunities do you have here in British Columbia like personally that you you're going to go hunt uh, mountain caribou uh, Rocky Mountain elk Roosevelt elk Canada moose uh, white tailed deer mule deer black tailed deer then of course you have Rocky Mountain bighorn California bighorn uh, black bear mountain lion wolf wolverine lynx and bobcat available wow how many of the 29 big game animals are in British Columbia. Do you have any idea? All those ones I just said. I yeah, know. I know. I just wondered if there was like, well, there are 15 of 29 oh, yeah, big game animals. I guess all the all the super 10 would be here, though. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Bear, yeah. caribou, moose, deer, bison. Oh, yeah, bison. We have bison. We have bison. I forgot bison. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like... A tremendous province, and you can get almost all those tags over the counter as a BC resident. Almost all of them, yeah. You, you told me that there are 180,000 resident no, British Columbia. 130,000. 130,000 resident hunters in BC. Yeah. Okay. In an area that's, I don't know what you compare it to down there. Not quite as big as Texas. But a huge It's area. almost as big as Texas, yeah. Wow. Wow. And... But of those guys, there's not, like in the States, it's pretty common for there to be, like, there's more big game hunters than there would be in Canada. Am I correct? Well, you'd have, like, the state of Pennsylvania has a million hunters. So, I mean, that one state has more hunters than all British Columbia. Right. <laughs> but, I, but I guess just serious hunters. I mean, there's not as many. No, you're not going to see, like, super avid Guys, I don't know how you gauge that though in a population, but I mean, right, right, I guess days spent. So how many of that hundred thirty thousand? How many would spend more than fourteen days hunting a season? That would maybe be a way to gauge it. And then after yeah. that, how many would spend more than thirty days? Yeah. So. Right. Right. So, 
Alright. What? <laughs> Devin just slapped the outlaw creature. So, talk to us about, tell us about, well, I'm going to ask you a question about your moose. So, Devin killed very large moose last year in northern BC? Northwestern BC, to be North, more specific. Northwestern BC? Okay. So, so there are, let me see, three subspecies of is moose. It three or is there four? Because there's a lot, is there eastern Canada and western Canada? Or just well, the shower moose is anything in yeah, that, the United States. Canada moose yeah. and the Yukon moose. Well, there'd be a Eurasian moose, too. Well, for the North American oh, Super Slam. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So for the North American Super Slam, so talking about North America, there's going to be three species of moose. Showers moose, Canada moose, Yukon moose. Mm-hmm. Yukon moose is the big daddy of the moose. Big daddy. Big daddy. And Yukon moose are going to be in Alaska, Yukon, Northwest and Northwest Territories. Half the Northwest Territories. Okay, half of the Northwest Territories. Okay, the Canada moose is going to be is going to stretch every other single place. Every other single place other than the United States. Yeah. They're going to be Canada moose, and typically Canada moose would be much smaller. I mean, especially like in eastern Canada. Yeah, if you remember too that like a province like BC is three thousand kilometers long, so a moose from the northern part of BC is a lot bigger than a moose from the southern part of BC, right? Right. Yeah. So. So if, if you want a big Canada moose, it makes sense to hunt where they get the biggest, which is in the northern part of the provinces. And when you say biggest, are we talking like Bergman's Law biggest? So Berg, yeah, Bergman's the Law the is you go, the, bigger they get. the further north, the further that you get away from the equator, the larger that mammals get to, conserve heat. to retain heat. Okay. So like a white-tailed deer that's in Florida is super small, like a Keys deer. White-tailed deer in Saskatchewan or Manitoba is much larger. Same species, they could interbreed, but they've Just developed a smaller body size to be advantageous to release heat, but also to retain heat. What were we gonna say, Dan? So when you're talking about moose and like, so Yukon moose are the biggest. Mm-hmm. When you say the biggest, you're just being a deer hunter, Arkansas, knowing nothing about moose other than they look huge. Mm-hmm. That big means width. Of antlers, no right? bo- body and antlers. Body and antlers. Yeah. So when Yukon moose is like, oh, it's the granddaddy of the three types in the North American world. How much, like double, double the size? Yeah. So wow. if you killed a moose in Utah versus a moose in Alaska, you're talking about almost two completely different animals. So just they look similar, but the size would not be similar. So the, the 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 horns are literally twice as large. They they, they could be. Yeah, they could. Be. It's kind of a gradient scale. I, I mean, use, like I would use body size. Like body. the body size would be double. The butt it would be wider, deeper, taller, just a bigger animal. Okay. And then yes, the antlers could be. And and a big old bull moose could weigh two thousand pounds. In Alaska, Yukon's yeah, probably. Alaska, they could, or like they could be up into that neighborhood for sure. Whereas yeah. like even in southern BC, I bet you if you killed a thousand pound moose, that's about as big as it's gonna be. Okay. Okay. Southern BC, more like Utah. Yeah, like, well, of course, if you kill a moose in the Rocky Mountains five miles north of the USA-Canada border, you're hunting pretty much a Shire's moose, right? Yeah. Whereas if you hunt one five miles south of the Alaska-Yukon border, you're hunting an Alaska, yeah, so but you're are, still in BC. Sure, These sure. are man-made lines that yeah. are imperfect. 
Yep, imperfect, Dan. They're imperfect. So, yeah, what he said is correct. So it's the same species, but they're just different. And, you know, a few years ago, there was a world record Shires moose killed in Idaho. Mm-hmm. And it was a monster moose. It was moose. a huge moose. Oh, it was yeah. monster. I mean, it was like... Huge. I, I don't... I've seen it. I actually saw that oh, moose. Like, yeah, at the... Where did I see it? Bass Pro. At Bass Pro in Springfield when the Boone and Crockett had their big game banquet there two years ago. That world record Shires moose was there and. I don't know. It was probably in the 60s, maybe even 70 inches. Yep. I can't remember. It's huge. Wow. So there's exceptions anywhere you go. Yep. In general, they're going to be a Canada moose is the mid-grade moose, which they, they they gauge. When people are talking about moose, they gauge moose based upon widest width between antlers. So like you would say, that's a 50-inch moose. And that would mean if you just took a tape measure and just measured to the widest point on the left end, that side to the widest point of that side, that's a 50-inch moose. Okay. Um, so 70-inch Yukon moose would be like world class. Oh, very much, yeah. Yeah. 60, anything Six, in the 60s is world class. You, no doubt. So 60, if you went to the Yukon and killed a, or wherever, 61-inch moose. you're, a, you're at the of top of the heap. But in Canada, a bunch of Canada guys are shooting probably 40-inch moose and being pretty happy with it. So the Devon's moose was a Canada moose. Granite, it was at the... Just right below the Yukon border. Just below the Yukon border. And so just tell us, kind of give us a little bit about that hunt you were with your wife. Yeah, we flew, a group of us flew into a lake. Uh, where we'd hunted several times. Uh, we hunted during the rut for two weeks-ish. I think day four or five, me and my wife called in a, a very big moose and shot him, 64 and a half inch, so very big. So, so, you, so how many people were in the hunt with you? Uh, five. And so y'all are all at the same camp? Same camp, same lake, but we'd split up Was the Was old hunt. Dave with you? Yeah. Old Dave. Who, who would take care of camp? Did he just stay at camp and he <laughs> hunted, didn't he? Oh, oh, yeah. Usually he shoots the one that comes to camp. I'll be done. <laughs> old Dave. Which is like a pretty, not a certainty, but it usually happens. Yeah. Yeah. Old Dave playing the camp card. He old Dave. just hangs out at camp <laughs> and shoots the moose that comes to camp. <laughs> More or less. I can totally see him doing that. So Dave, Dave is the camp cook and kind of like the Devin, Devin and Dave are like inseparable sidekicks, like Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. And we've decided that we like Dave like much better than Devin. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. He is nicer. He is He's nicer. nicer. He's way nicer than Devin. This wasn't and the one that your wife was going to shoot. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So what, right out from under. So, so I was going to dig into the details of the hunt. So so there's five people in camp. So Dave's in camp. Yeah. Two people are you and your wife, Ashley. Yeah. And then there's two other people uh-huh. that are just your friends. Buddies, yeah. We're just going to leave them nameless. Yeah. Smart. Okay. So they go off somewhere to hunt. Yeah, everybody kind of splits up. Kind of goes to yeah. the other side of the mountain or something. Yeah, or to the other. Like, the lake is like, how big would the lake be? 
probably it's probably like ten miles long, right? So So did you have boats? Yeah, we got canoes, so you can like did you fly go to in the dip- canoes on the I did a different year. Yeah. Like they been we leave them there over the You leave them there? Yeah, we just tie them up in trees so bears can't get them. I'll be darned. And then uh so then when you get there they're there. So yeah, the, like you split up, go to one end of the lake, other end of the lake or whatever, right? Lots wow. of space. You're not gonna run into each other again. Wow. And so you and Ashley were hunting together. Yeah. You'd been at, you canoed out that day? Uh, I think we just walked the edge of the lake that day because I don't remember why. I'm pretty sure that's what we did, though. So we just walked down into an area we knew, like a meadowy area. And then uh, it had been raining, so it quit raining. And we just kind of stretched out in the sun to dry out and fall a bit on the edge of this. So like, you're, are you using a moose call? I mean, No, like a, just my hands. Just, so you're just cupping your hands? What's yeah. that so when these, when these guys are moose hunting... When these guys are moose hunting, they're they're a lot of them use a birch like a horn. like a birch bark horn or a plastic horn or yeah like a like a poly horn that like yeah. it's like a funnel basically a like horn. a gas funnel and, you, and it 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 amplifies the sound because you're calling moose that could potentially be miles away. Yeah. So the, part of the reason that moose's horns are shaped the way they are is to funnel sound into the ear. Those so are they're, like. In, like an antenna dish. I have no idea. They're, they're, they're such a low-density animal that the way they communicate has to be very long-distance communication. I no and idea. so I saw, I've saw i seen a graph one time that showed the way that sound, any place on the, the, the palm of that antler... It reverberates right to... Re- reverberates to, like, the exact same like spot. A, you know those, like, military radar panels? Yeah. yeah. What does that look like? The same. So, like, the geometry of the shape of their horn, like, reflects sound right in. So, so they can hear exceptionally well. Wow. And so, you, when you call moose, you, you get into a favorable location where you could hear a long ways, where you think moose are, and you call. And the moose you're calling may not answer you even that day. Because they're so far away. Or he may not even answer you the next day. And, I mean, like, I mean... The third day he might show up. Yeah. So you've been calling and he's been coming the whole time. Wow, possible. Potentially, that'd be pretty far. But okay, I'm stretching one, the one truth. Thing, I'm from Arkansas. Like in the mountains where we hunt, is there be the mooses will have beds way up, right below tree line, like in the valley. So if you're at the lake calling, they're sitting up on the mountain, and then they're right because you're below them, they can hear really good. Yeah. And then they're up on the mountain and. Like, and that could easily be a mile, like, or a couple miles, like, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so, so you, well, give us a, give us a female moose call. Uh, you sure? Yeah, what's it sound like? Daniel, I like it too much. Daniel, uh-oh. <laughs> I'll try, I'll, I'll, hang on, I'll try to contain myself. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's just real nasally, yeah. kind of just like, you know, some no, animals, you can, make it like you can make it louder, wow. What's really cool, is, you know, some animals have this like majestic sound, <laughs> like an elk, like an elk bugle is like a majestic sound, just like loud, and a moose is like not that way. So a bull moose would make a sound like what? Like, so let's say you do the, you know, yeah. you do the female so moose call hear? in the response would be but that's just their vocal noise 
they would make way more noises than that, like banging the antlers, like the front of the antlers, swinging it into a tree, just like a, just no, just a clunk. That would be one, that's just one noise they'd make, or they'd rake trees with their antlers, like wow. So those would be like the three main noises they would make. So you would hear that just bull. They call it grunt. Yeah. They call it bull grunt. And and how far would you say that you can hear a bull grunt? Oh, miles. If the if if it's still and calm, like not if it's windy, but if it's still and calm and you know that like clear, cold, and they're coming from a ways off down the valley where you could ooh ooh, and it just keeps like coming for like like it took like an hour for that bull to get to us easily. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it I just mean, keeps coming. You imagine like a... louder and louder as he comes. <laughs> and that is just like super exciting. Yeah. I've, I've, I, so I, have, I have been on a moose hunt one time for four days in Alaska before I killed a brown bear. And we we never even really worked... Well, we, we worked one moose. Like worked meaning we cow called, the bull responded, and... We were like, this is going to happen. Just one time. One time. And it didn't happen. He, he, he answered us back like at close, fairly close range. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell you this, but like on the third or fourth day, we cow called and won. Yep. And I mean, we just were like, it's on. And man, there is, no, there is something exciting about calling an, you know, a 1,500-pound animal. Like turkey hunting. You turkey yeah. hunted, Dan. Yeah. Call. Here they come. So, but this is like calling in a bulldozer. No kidding. And so another, you know, and then he's saying that they communicate a lot with the sound of their antlers. So when callers are calling, they also whack trees and bang yeah. on stuff to replicate the sound of a, another bull yeah. with this female. Because you're trying to trick him. Mm. <laughs> like if you if trying to trick the, him. Competition. If that's the dominant bull and he hears some other guy with his cow, he's gonna be like. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, you ain't with my cow right now. Uh-uh. So, so, you'd walk from camp, was it morning time, was it evening time? No, that was afternoon, that time. So, you, had you left camp that morning and, like, not come back, or had you been at camp? Uh, I think we'd left in the morning and just hadn't come back yet. Okay. Yeah, we've been out all day. We, like, at the end of the lake from camp was probably, like, an hour at least just walking okay. the shore of the lake. So it's, yeah. it's a fair piece. Yeah. You're at the end of the lake. And so you called, and then the, did the bull respond immediately? No. I probably We probably called for, I'm going to say like a half an hour to an hour. I don't remember exactly. But then when he did, like, I for sure heard him at that point, like multiple grunts. But then it was just like steady coming for like another like hour or even a little longer than that. And you, were, and you and Ashley were just like both set up. Yeah, well, to a degree, you can tell he's a long ways away, so it's not like a rush. That's How far your time. could you see? That's, How far could you see? Uh, 150 yards in that meadow. Okay. Yeah. And he's just he's just slowly coming. Yeah. Did you continue to call? A bit, but not crazy. Okay. Yeah, because if he's coming, you don't want to give up more information than you need to, right? Like, <laughs> if if I heard him come up and, like, ooh, ooh, and it would, he would, like, stop and pause, like, like he was listening... Then I would be like, okay, I think he's waiting for me to tell him I'm still here. So I'd like give like one, like a short call, just like a, I'm still here. And then it's like, you could hear him pick up again and keep coming. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
crazy. So, but you don't know how big this moose is. Like, no, you just hear. You, it. you can't tell it could, it by could be the a two point. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. A two, you can't tell by the by the grunt really if it's like a fifty inch bull or a thirty inch bull yeah. or a small bull. But he's just coming, so you yeah. guys are pretty optimistic. If you hear ant- big antlers, you know. Yeah, if you hear stuff like yeah, like clunk, like that clunking thing, only big bulls do that. Wow. Yeah, or like big raking, right? Dan, we gotta go moose hunting. I love to you and me. <laughs> okay, so that was a crow call. Don't crow, don't crow call. Yeah, so. So the bull's coming. Mm-hmm. And at what point do you, like, know this is a done deal? Because in almost all types of hunting, well, you know, there's a moment when you're yeah. like, he ain't well, getting away. I knew he was coming. Like, right. that seemed very obvious. But you still don't know until he, he was... he could hang up out there just out of sight. Yeah, he, he could. could. I didn't get that impression, though. From this guy's, like, action, he was just coming. He was coming. Yeah. And then, but you don't know how big it is until it's there. So until he's in that 150-yard open window, you don't actually know it. Because we're not going to shoot anything but a, like a, a, a larger male. Right? So what what was the self, now, so there's no antler restrictions? No, in that area, no. So you could have shot any kind of male moose? Anything with antlers, yeah. So but so what what was your internal governor? Uh, well, we're looking for like mature bulls, right? Because that's so that what, could have been like a fifty-inch moose. Yeah, I don't, I don't worry about width personally. So things I would be looking for would like big fronts. So like, I don't want like a crab pincher, what we call crab claws on the front. That's a two-point. Yeah. On the front with a paddle behind, I want like a four, like a palms in the front. Yeah. And then I want like a long paddle with lots of points. So if it was like. It could be 50 inches wide and have five foot long paddles. That yeah. would be like, an, who cares how wide it is? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But this one just happened to be wide and long and have big fronts and like every single thing you could do. So, so what was it like? <laughs> did, did he step out of a clearing or? So there's like a pine, like a timber pine edge on like a, like a bit of a, not a ridge, but a bit of a ridge kind of. So he had to come down about 50 feet. So he like come up through those pine trees and then down that open, ri- like grass ridge kind of spot, and down into the meadow. So, so at what point when, did you see him? When he came out of those pine trees. How far was he? 150 yards. Was was that in range for you? Oh yeah, easily. Yeah. Now, do you have a scope on your 4570? Uh, I did this year. Yeah, this last so year. But usually I run iron. Actually, yeah. Usually you're shooting iron sights. Yeah. But you were using a 4570. Mm-hmm. What was actually shooting? Uh, 30 out six. Okay. It's totally a girl gun. Yeah. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 30 out six is like the gun of North America. Okay. The do it all gun. The do it all gun of North America. So the the bull comes out, and you, at what point do you realize this is a whopper? Well, as soon as he came out, I seen his antlers and was like, yep, that's a shooter. I mean, they're. Big. I mean, did you think it was a 64 inch moose? I wasn't too concerned. I just knew it was a shooter. I mean, I could tell it was bigger than normal by quite a Did bit. Did you get excited? Oh, yeah. Did you? Oh, yeah. What's Devin Jewell look like when he's excited about a moose? Pretty much the same as right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was figuring. <laughs> Stone face Canuck just doesn't give anything away. All legs, no smile. But <laughs> So then he, as he, like, as I wanted to wait for him to stop moving, though, because he's, like, walking, and 
Like, at that point, I'd say he was coming, for the most part, like, head on. And their antlers, like, because when he walks, he's, like, swinging his antlers every time he grunts, right? Mm. So they're, like, back and forth. So it's, like, you don't really want to take that shot. He's coming to you. Yeah, he's coming. And he's still, he's not like, I know you guys are people, right? He's like, I'm going to go get me a lady moose, right? So he's just, like, on his way over. And then he, there was, like, two, not big trees, but bigger trees. And because, like, when as he had gotten closer, we had split up to get two different shooting positions. So Ashley was over, and I, you know, we were spread out. How far apart were you guys? Not far, just to to make sure we could cover these two, like, imagine this meadow had, like, two little tails. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure we could shoot each tail. Depending on where he came. <clears throat> so he just came out, and as he crossed, he came behind one of those bigger trees. And I had, like, the, as he stopped, I had the perfect shot. And actually had, she could see his, like, hindquarters. So I just shot him. We're, we're taking any chances. Yeah. <laughs> so did he drop? Yeah, he just went down. Went down. Where Wham. did you shoot him? Uh, point, I just went point of shoulder. I, and was he was he still, he two? was quartering two. So, okay. Point of so shoulder, like so it went. Bear. Yeah. Except he hit him right in the shoulder. In the shoulder. He hit yeah. in the shoulder. Yeah, in yeah, the shoulder. Yeah, so he would have been, like, if this was his head, like that, like. And that point just of took shoulder. him he down. Just went, yeah, he just folded up and fell down. Man. And then. It was probably 70 yards at that point, so by the time I walked over there, he was dead. Wow. So what uh, what grain bullet are you shooting out of that 4570? Uh, that was the uh, HSM 430 grain. 430 grain bullet. Probably flying 1,800 feet per second or something. I think, yeah, I think it's 18-something, like almost 19, but I can't remember exactly. Give me an idea to compare what's the grains well, and what's the bullets. Well, like, we're shooting a, a 212 grain, 300 wind mag, and that's a heavy bullet. 200, 200 grain. twice the size. 430 grain bullet. I mean, that's it's like. twice the diameter, too. That's like th- chunking a rock at them. Yeah. You know, so. It worked. So with, with rifles, yeah, there's a. Sometimes you want speed because speed kills as well. Like the the hydrostatic shock from a really fast bullet yeah. is going to be significant. On, especially on like a deer. Yeah, but but these big heavy guns shooting like this are are big for big game. Because yeah, for said big game, shock the other day to me, I had no idea what you're talking about. Okay, hydrostatic shock. Yeah. Yeah. So hydrostatic shock would be. That when an, when an animal is shot with a bullet, it is not just the actual piece of copper and lead going through the vitals that kills it. Like an arrow. Like an arrow. The only thing that's killing that animal is there's an arrow slicing through, cutting, making a hole. The hydrostatic shock is that that bullet's flying so fast when it slaps something with water in it, that water is pushed out so fast that it just like shocks and breaks down the electrical system of the animal. Wow. Hydrostatic shocks. Pow! Just and, being slapped. And bruising too. Yeah. I don't know if that's the best technical definition of hydrostatic shock, but probably. It's Animals in the ballpark. Like us, they're essentially water. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So with a gun you could actually maybe hit in the maybe the trajectory of the bullet miss the vitals. But potentially the hydrostatic shock could still. could could disrupt their system so much that it still would die. Would you agree with that? On uh, small animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to get them in the vitals. That's not what I'm saying, but but no. So, 430 grain bullet out of a 4570. And now you like 
you like a big caliber and you like shooting iron sights a lot just for the heck of it just kind of like old yeah, school iron throwback sights just like pretty fun yeah yeah i like it i like it um and so you walk up to this moose you're not carrying a tape measure with you are you please tell me you weren't no okay <laughs> how we, did you we know had it? to wait till we got back to town to measure it okay but you yeah. knew it was a oh yeah we knew it was big whopper yeah. biggest moose you've ever killed Biggest one I've ever seen killed, even. Okay, yeah. even in your guiding. Yeah. 64-inch. Okay, so tell me about well, the rest of the antlers. The length Tall. of the paddle is exceptional. So the, well. the paddle would be from the fronts up. to the... Up yeah, it would be the, like five feet. Wow. So just like, yeah, it's got, if, in the world of moose, it's got everything you would ever want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we have some nice ones, like 58-inch, 53-inch. Yeah. Yeah, with big paddles. Yeah. And this one, I was like, makes those ones look like little baby mooses. You know, so for reference, too, in Alaska, Yukon moose, biggest moose in the world, the minimum antler requirement for is typically, well, you're right, for non-residents, 50 inches. So in Alaska, you guys shoot a 50-inch moose. Four, and I mean, that's four. a monster moose. On the front. Yeah, or four, four on the front, or 50 inches, that's right. So, so... Anyway, so you killed this massive moose, and what did you do? Did you go, did you start skinning it right away, or did uh, you go back to camp and get Dave? No, everybody else, we assumed, heard the shot, so we just, we actually lit a fire uh, to get rid of the bugs, and because you never know who else, or what else is out in that part of the world, so if you have a fire, it's obviously going to be... So you were worried about grizz? Not worried, but it's nice to have a fire when you work, because you're going to be there for hours, right? Like, this is not like a small... Task. It's not like a deer. <laughs> yeah. This is like you're going to be there for like six hours working. Oh, my goodness. Right? So you might as well just start a fire. <laughs> yeah. Get a fire going. Hey, if there's one thing I've learned about Devin Jewel hunting with him twice here in British Columbia, the man loves fires. Mm-hmm. And so do I. I would start a fire like every morning when I go to the global headquarters, mm-hmm. like out in the front, just to have a fire. Mm-hmm. But you have a wood-burning stove. No. No. No, I'm going to, though. In your, in your heart, you in have heart. a wood-burning stove. Yeah. So you start a fire. Yep. Start a fire, and you guys start working. Yeah, well, well, first thing we did is pictures. Pictures, okay. Yeah. Start taking right. some pictures. So there's like an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, okay, okay. And then, uh, yeah, start start working, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what time of the day is it? Uh, I guess it was probably like two or three. So what time is it getting dark? Eight-ish. She had a lot of time. Yeah, we actually got it all out of there that day. Did so we really? did pretty good. So yeah. did the guys end Yeah, up everybody coming? showed up. They, they came to you? Yeah. Wow. Did you have any way to communicate oh. like with Garmin? No, Henry's they just heard the sh- shot. And so here they come. Yeah, eventually. That's pretty cool. Probably took them like an hour or something, right? That's cool. Yeah. So then. So did any of the other guys kill moose? Uh, they had opportunity to kill moose, but they got uh, caribou and grizzly. Like, kind of, we all went out and we got a caribou and a grizzly. Well, and then, well, we had lots of grizzly opportunity. Really? Yeah. And then uh, they almost got wolverine. And they, yeah, they could have got small, smaller moose, but I mean, here, hold note. If you go all the way there. You kind of want you you're don't. Gonna get a big, you you want a, nice a big one. one, right? Yeah, yeah. So you were flown into this place. Yeah, and you gotta remember if you pull the trigger there, 
you got to fly all that meat out too. So you don't want to just be like, we'll shoot three little ones in one, right? <laughs> because every time you drop something on the ground, it's more more currency to get it out of so there. So it costs, you got to pay to be meat, fly, Yeah, fly meat ahead. flights cost extra money, right? So Wow, meat flights. I mean like first, six, $700. First time I've ever heard that. Yeah. yeah. Meat flights. Meat so meat flights are usually like half cost, but it's still like a lot of money. Yeah. 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 Wow. Man, the adventure of that kind of hunt is just almost, it's just like off the charts. I, I, the, so the opportunity that you guys have as BC residents is just, is just crazy. Phenomenal. It really is. But, and all week we've grieved the loss hopefully the temporary loss of the grizzly hunt here in bc mm-hmm. on our first day black bear hunting here we saw a what we believe was a big male grizz mm-hmm. up just below the snow yep in kind of an avalanche shoot yeah kind was of it a, a shoot between an old log dairy and an avalanche shoot. like it's an old log dairy obviously but it has an avalanche through it right so we we saw a big BC Grizz, and just this year, the political climate of this part of the world shifted a bit, and they they without scientific reason, without the 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 instruction of scientific wildlife management, they chose based upon popular emotional opinion to close the grizzly hunt, which is kind of a big deal because. The reason that the North American model for wildlife conservation has been the most successful husbandry project of wildlife in the history of mankind is because we've used scientific wildlife management to to instruct our decisions about wildlife. And so this is totally not that. Yeah, this is reverse. just this is just urban this is just urban people that there's more of them than there are of us and they don't understand they didn't understand I mean they just don't like the idea of grizzly hunting, so they voted it up. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but oh no, we didn't even get to vote. Okay, we didn't, huh? No, we didn't even get to vote. Right, right. They just said that's what was happening. Okay, and for that reason, there well, was I not guess even a vote. I guess what I say the vote yeah, it would be that there's yeah, a, a, an elected yeah, official that yeah, but would lean that. It might not have even like we're not even sure if it voted if it would have lost even. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's the chance that with a regime change in the future that it could, we could get it back. Do you think that? Oh yeah, for sure. If a reasonable government gets back in, we would, for sure, probably have a chance to reopen it. Yeah. Unreal. Well, so that was the, your twenty, your fall 2017 season. Mm-hmm. Just your personal hunting, yeah. you and your wife. Like this is not. Yeah, this is just like you and your wife. Um, did what else did you take last year? I uh, didn't take anything else. My wife okay. shot an, her biggest mule deer. Oh, really? Yeah. How big was it? Uh, probably 140. Yeah. Four by four. Yep. Nice. Nice. Well, awesome, awesome moose. Closing comments from the outlaw preacher, Daniel Roop. Nope. None? No. Uh, yeah. What do you think of it? What, I mean, having been here, this is this is Dan. Dan's like asleep over here. This is so having. This is your first like adventure type yes. hunt that we're on because yeah. we're on black bear hunt right now. Yeah. We've killed our bears. You hear his stories about flying in on a float plane. Oh man! 
and and hunting in a place where grizz, mountain caribou, moose. I mean, like, does that not? What's that? I mean, when I hear the term meat flight, it's just it's a whole world that I have no idea about, but could really only dream about. It sounds amazing and awesome. Devin Jewell, closing comments? Nah. I don't know what else to say. All legs and no smile. Canuck. Closing comments. Just keeping his car dried again, his chest. Yeah. How? All right. (laughs) So, we're about to go out and uh, look for a bear, maybe. We don't have bear tags, but we're going to look for a bear. We've seen a bear every day this week. All right. Out. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.